People are buying plots of virtual land so they can build their own virtual experience. So you can start to see, understand the large amounts of money that are flowing through there. And then when you combine NFTs and you can prove ownership of that, then you can understand that there's a whole creator economy that's going to underpin that. So the economics of the metaverse, in a sense, is going to be one of the biggest things over the next sort of 10, 15 years to keep an eye on. Veritone presents Adventures in AI, the podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping our future for the better. I'm your host, Megan Minchev, and this is the second part of the Metaverse series here on Adventures in AI. And I am speaking with one of the top 30 most influential people in the Metaverse space and one of Europe's foremost futurists and Metaverse consultants, Theo Priestley. Theo is a leading tech futurist and globally recognized author and public speaker on the convergence of many emerging trends toward the metaverse and play and earn economics using blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and NFT markets. He's also the CEO and co-founder of Carbon-Based Lifeforms, a new indie video game studio in the UK developing a new play and earn massively multiplayer online title based on an original IP and Metanomic, a complete Web3 economic platform for game developers, metaverse builder and the creator economy. Theo has worked with some of the biggest names in tech and businesses, including SAP, Bosch, and of course, Hewlett Packard, all these big names, consulting and implementing innovation strategies, strategic foresight, and emerging technologies. But wait, there's more providing content marketing services. Theo, you have accomplished a lot, and it is wonderful to be speaking with you. So, welcome to Adventures in AI podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. I have to say, I really apologize for that mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. I think it's amazing. If only I could have all those credentials behind my name. So maybe one day. So you're here to talk about the metaverse. What does the metaverse mean to enterprise companies? Metaverse actually is an interesting concept for um, for enterprise in different ways. Uh, many will see this as an opportunity to um, simulate um uh their current conditions um in a in a kind of real world virtualized environment uh, we see that with boeing for example looking to understand their manufacturing process there's uh, other sort of large retailers who want to model what their facilities look like before they even start implementing them and then obviously design the interiors simulate the flow of people and movement um, and obviously optimize that as much as possible um, using sort of AI as we're talking about AI in this podcast and this series but obviously using AI to sort of optimize flow um, of, and movement within physical spaces but in a virtualized environment and therefore saving a lot of time and cost. Uh, a lot of uh, companies are seeing it as an extension of what their current business practices are to reach new customer base or certainly a new generation who are more sort of savvy around the metaverse, Web3, Web2, um, and who want to sort of play, engage with brands in a different way, um, uh, buy goods and services and interact in that kind of sort of environment um, and even earn money. Um, so there's opportunities um, across all spectrums of the enterprise here. Um, it's not just about um, a place for social and recreational use. 
almost like piloting or beta testing, but not with people. It's with artificial intelligence and using the metaverse. Is that, did I grasp that correctly? Yes, certainly. Because I mean, there, there are a number of large scale platform providers like NVIDIA who are building, uh, who are obviously offering uh, Omniverse, which is almost like the plumbing in, in a sense for the data side of things. Um, there's Unreal Engine and Unity are providing the visual tools to build uh, aspects of the metaverse. Um, and all of these kind of sort of come together to allow enterprise to basically play around and say, you know, what does a what does a virtualized space look like for me as a brand? Do I want to play in this space? How do I offer new things to customers in this space? Um, and what can I do from a simulation capacity, uh, you know, to, to basically understand how interactions would work in this space? All right. So what should the C-suite or executives be doing to prepare for this, especially from a thought leadership perspective? Yeah, I mean, I wrote an article uh, slightly tongue in cheek, but also with a little bit of uh, seriousness to it, which was, um, you know, every company will eventually become a metaverse company. And it's a kind of spin on the, the Gartner-esque uh, conversations that usually take place. But one of those was every company um, who wants to do this will also appoint a chief metaverse officer. And it's almost like someone from a video game background who understands how these virtual spaces or can be built. Um, probably senior execs from companies in Unreal or Roblox or any other sort of senior developing, you know, um, video game studio who understands the process behind, you know, what's needed to build these spaces to simulate these spaces. Um, and I think uh, from a strategic point of view, I can see a lot of the enterprises who are kind of head scratching, what do I do here? Try poaching from these uh, these companies because that's where the talent lies. It doesn't really necessarily lie with the, the old Accentures or the, the sort of research houses anymore. You want to actually tap into the people who have been doing this for a long time. So wow. from a strategic point of view, look for the doers, not the thinkers. Oh, I like that. That's a great line. It, so talking about business transactions, at what point will the metaverse take over? Um, so I know that the CEO of NVIDIA made a, a comment saying at some point in the future, probably within the next 10 years, there will be more transactions going through the metaverse than there will be in the real world. Um, JP Morgan, for example, has kind of sort of said that uh, they see this as a $1 trillion prize to basically be part of. I mean, if you look at certainly the video game space um, as an indicator, for example, there's been, there was around $130 billion worth of transactions from in-game spending projected to 2025. Now that's just people buying skins and little items in video games, whether it's a mobile game or whether it's like a big franchise to enhance their experience. If you take that a step further and actually put it into a, a business and, and, and metaverse context, you're opening the door not only just to people who enjoy games, but people who just want to generally socialize or understand what it's all about, buy little things. You know, people are buying land, plots of virtual land so they can build their own virtual experience. And so you can start to see, understand the large amounts of money that are being that are flowing through there. And then when you combine NFTs, for example, people selling artworks or various different assets that they've created, and you can prove ownership of that um, when you make that transaction and that's yours and you can bring it into your own space, then you can understand that there's a whole creator economy that's gonna underpin that. So the economics of the, the metaverse in a sense is gonna be one of the biggest 
things over the next sort of 10, 15 years to keep an eye on. So are you saying that maybe instead of investing money, my money into real <laughs> estate, I should be investing my money into this metaverse real estate? <laughs> um, uh, this is not financial advice and I would never advocate anything <laughs> um, in, in that sense. Um, there are signs that there are lots of money being bought in there. I mean, the, the large uh, corporations are already buying plots of land in some of the more popular open world areas like sandbox game or decentraland and we're still in a very sort of exploratory phase you know experimentation although there's a lot of money going in much like any other marketplace there will be bubbles and there will be crashes and things like that and certainly i think um over the next maybe two to three years we might actually see some sort of equilibrium happening where the prices that are currently being inflated right now will suddenly start to settle down and people will understand what the real value is in having a space there rather than the speculative value yeah if you want to make a quick killing maybe go you know buy a little plot of land i wouldn't uh yeah, bet the farm on it. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Noted. And then uh, a little bit ago, you did mention the phrase metaverse strategy. So what does that look like? I think, you know, I'll be talking to a large sort of banking client a couple of days ago who are trying to understand what they were wanting to do. And it's very much a case of experiment and experiment small scale. Um, and if you And if you do want to approach this as a proper strategy have a long-term view so a lot of companies i'm seeing right now are saying oh what's this nft thing how do we make lots of money and revenue on this nft side of things and it's like well you, you can do that or you can alienate your customer base for example because you just seem to be doing something to ride the wave but not really clearly understanding where that wave is going whereas i think doing what jp morgan did slightly which was um you know, opening up a, a, a space in there to explore what it means to have a virtual, you know, a presence there first, and then build on that presence to understand, well, how do people engage in that that space? You know, what do they want to see from that? And rather than um, building something and hoping that they will come, I think it's more a, a, a question of actually speaking to that audience and saying, what would you want us to build for you? You know, what, you know, how do you see us as a brand or as an organization being represented in a virtual space how do you want us to interact in that virtual space one of the big things i see a mistake people make is building a virtual environment exactly the same way as you would build a physical environment people building uh, retail experiences are creating almost like one-to-one -one shopping experiences if i go into a shop I know I'm going to walk around the same with with this, which is, you know, I'm basically building a, a, a virtual representation of my physical store. But that defeats the whole purpose of the metaverse, because you're supposed to provide a brand new experience, not copy the same experience that you you have already. So, you know, my question would be, why would you want to design an experience that someone ex that someone has in the real world exactly the same way in a world where you can do anything? You got to so make it different. You've got to make it different. It doesn't have yeah. to be jazzy and, and cool. It just has to make sense. Um, that Well, that makes sense right there. So you've said before in a Forbes article that AI and IoT or Internet of Things are inseparable. Do you feel the same about AI and metaverse? Yeah, some, something has to help make sense of all the data and manage that data as well. I mean, if you think about um, IoT is very kind of sort of flat structured data in a sense. It's just streams of information. And it's the same in the, the metaverse, but now you have a 3D context around it and you have people's interaction in that 3D environment. And that's a lot of data to, you know, six degrees of freedom of movement, for example, 
um, where people are going to be looking. How do you interpret that in terms of, of marketing and advertising opportunities? Where, you know, where do you put your brand? You don't have to put a brand on a virtualized billboard. You could literally put it on the ground or up in the sky, um, you know, or sky in that sort of context and, and, and understand how people, where their gaze lies and things like that. So there's a lot of data um, there, not just uh, virtualized physical data, but also transactional information as well. How do you normalize economic conditions so that people aren't destroying the environment from an economic standpoint as well? You would need AI and algorithms to basically look at the the goods and services that are being transacted, the pricing structures, everything else, and try to sort of balance those equations, much like they do in the real world as well. So yes, I do see AI being inseparable, even in the metaverse. Another extension is actually AI with IoT in the metaverse, because the metaverse is obviously from a simulation capability. If you take a smart city, you'd obviously, um, you could virtualize that smart city and simulate what it looks like, and then translate that into, and well, use real world data in a virtualized environment to make it even more accurate. There's more information and you need algorithms and AI and machine learning to basically make sense of that. Now let's talk about the people who are skeptics about the metaverse because we know that there are two camps that people fall in. So those who are for it, who believe that we're living it now, and then those who are unsure and you know maybe they think that it's a fad that will eventually burn out. Um, I think both have their pros and cons. I think both are, uh, you know, equally correct in their own camps. Uh, we have been here before uh, many times, you know, we've been living in virtual or with virtualized environments for a long time through video games, for example, there's many examples of open world sandbox, you know, Minecraft is a perfect one where it's an open, open environment, virtualized, you can do anything you want, it has real world physics, you can take in data, etc. So Minecraft we've been living with for a number of years, Second Life, you know, has been going for 20 years, um, and we've seen the highs and the lows of Second Life, but it's still here. There's almost some patterns repeating already, which is everybody rushing into the metaverse uh, to try and get a presence there, to try and make a bit of money there. And then what happens is everyone becomes disillusioned because there wasn't a strategy in the first place. It was like a, a rush, a gold rush. And then what do we do here? Uh, didn't think about that part. So everybody get, becomes disillusioned and, and withdraws again. And we'll probably see, we might see shades of what happened with Second Life between 2006 to 2008 stroke 10. In the same way, everybody wanted a, a virtual presence there. They built office space there. They put permanent employees in there. And then they understood that there wasn't really much to do beyond that. There wasn't really a natural way to interact with business or with people. So I think we have to get over those hurdles and learn from those mistakes. So the skeptics are right in that sense, but also the people who believe in the promise of it are right because they can see where it could go if we don't repeat the same mistakes. You mentioned a little bit ago about Web3, and I keep hearing Web 3.0 in addition to the metaverse. How do those go hand in hand? Are, is there a difference between the two? Uh, I see them as interchangeable terms, to be honest, um, okay. especially the way they're being thrown around. I mean, Web3 is basically next, is just the next evolution of Web2, which is, again, is, is more uh, creator-controlled. 
you have the financialization aspect with NFTs and the ownership side, and then you people are obviously pushing towards that, towards a more 3D or virtualized environment. So it's not just flat websites, you can interact in different ways. The metaverse, of course, is is many things to many people. It's virtual worlds, it's 3D worlds. You know, it's not just one playground, it could be many playgrounds. Um, you could, you know, I believe at some point in the future, you could probably have your own metaverse much the, the same way as you have your own web server and have a website, a WordPress website. So, you know, and that could be your safe space that you feel happy interacting with and inviting friends and family to, and, and your audience in. So, there's, uh, I think that it's interchangeable, and I think there's, um, for me, they're interchangeable. I think people would argue that they're not. Um, I just think that we're at that stage where people want to claim ownership of specific terms and standards. We've seen it all the time, and you know, VR, AR, it's mixed reality. No, it's extended reality. You know, it's all much, much of a muchness, really. People just want to own the term, uh, you know, and the trademark. You did mention Minecraft, and of course, that piques my interest because I have a five-year-old who plays it. He loves it. And I want to know how you would explain the metaverse to my five-year-old son or someone of his age. Well, he's playing in Minecraft. There you go. I mean, that's it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's. Um, I think kids, especially your age, uh, your, your son's age, um, is um, are at... Uh, such an exciting time because they're having they've got tools that we didn't have when we we were kids we obviously had video games but it didn't allow us to express ourselves because it was a very controlled environment now they have this kind of sort of virtual playground where they can build anything imagine anything much like lego but then you've got roblox which is another extension for slightly older where you can monetize what you build and other people can you know pay you make money on the things that you build so your five-year-old could suddenly become a seven-year-old who is making video games in roblox or any other platform that allows for that creation that creator sort of uh, imagination thing to extend into so you know I, I don't think i could simplify the metaverse to anything other than keep enjoying minecraft because you're part of the you're part of this creator culture already that's going to basically build it for the rest of us where can people learn more about you, your work, the, your work with the metaverse? Oh, blimey. Um, I'll, I, I hang out on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn mainly. Um, you can find me on my personal website, which is theopriestley.com. Um, I also have a, a, a blog site called metapunk.co.uk, which um, I kind of sort of put some thoughts randomly on um, at the tail end of last year. Um, and you can find out more about the sort of companies that i'm running as well you know carbon-based life forms and metanomic um you can find them online we made some press announcements this week so fair bit of noise going on <laughs> awesome i love it definitely have to check that out is there anything else that you want to add to share with our audience about the metaverse i would say read up definitely find out more information definitely um read both sides of the camp you know, find out the pros and cons, how early we are. We are still very early and experimenting with what's going on. Um, read what um, Epic Games, for example, and NVIDIA are doing um, rather than what Facebook is doing, um, because you want to find out about the platforms that are building the metaverse that allows everybody to be involved. I think, you know, Facebook's vision is a very enclosed world and it's their, their version that they, you know, obviously it's in their interest to build something like that, given their, the size of their audience. But understanding the tools that are out there already, what other people are doing with those tools, what the kids are doing, 
in terms of you know roblox uh, minecraft decentraland sandbox where where the the investments are going as well so if you look at the investment habits of some of the big vcs where are they putting their money you know is it in specific products is it in infrastructure is it in games you know those kind of th things are all really good indicators of how the, the market is shifting um, how people are experimenting with it um, and what what the potential could be Theo, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation about the metaverse and all the other topics or subtopics within there. So <laughs> I appreciate having you on and uh, hopefully we can maybe do a part two with you later on in the year just to see where we're at with the metaverse. Because of course, I feel like it's always changing. There's always something new coming out. New, new terminology that people need yep. to claim. <laughs> <laughs> thank We'd you. love that. Thank you. And thank you to everyone out there for listening to Adventures in AI, the podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping the future for the better. Talk with you next time.